Thank you for joining us on the Bayside Sermon Series podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Duckworth, Technical and Media Director here at Bayside. This week, Pastor Ken and I discussed Daniel chapter 9 for Daniel's prayer of repentance and the response he received through the angel Gabriel in the prophecy of the 77s. Thank you for joining us in our conversation today. Welcome back to the Bayside Sermon Series podcast. This week, we are in Daniel chapter 9, talking about Daniel's prayer for Israel as they come to the end of their 70 years of captivity. Pastor Ken, you started the message by getting us thinking about a time when we were stuck in a cycle of sin and confession. Now, this leads us back to thinking of the last 400 years of the nation of Israel since King David, and that God had promised the people uh, in Deuteronomy, I believe is where you, you were quoting from, that they would be blessed if they obeyed his word. What was the that particular blessing? <laughs> yeah, so in Deuteronomy, um, you know, there's God basically communicates to... Uh, the nation, because um, they're in the land now. They're in the land of Canaan. Um, you know, now it's they're they're in Israel, the promised land. And God basically says, "Hey, if you if you obey me, if you follow me, if you love me, if you're going to stay in the land, and and I'm going to bless you. I'll make you prosper. Um, I'll make sure none of your enemies overtake you. But if you rebel against me, if you you know turn to other idols, if you reject my commands and withhold." Uh, love and and mercy and justice from all of those uh, around you, um, you're con- you're going to experience consequences, and ultimately, your ultimate consequence is going to be exile. Your enemies are going to overtake you; they're going to take your possessions. The land's going to be handed over to others, and you're going to be scattered. Um, so that's what you see all throughout the Old Testament that that pattern of um, the people sinning, uh, Israel sinning. Um, other tribes or, or people groups would sweep in and oppress them, and then they'd crawl back to God in repentance. He'd show them grace. He'd deliver them. Then they experienced peace. It was a short-lived peace, though, because before long they were back to their old ways. So, the, so that would happen in smaller scales over and over again until you know 605 BC, which is where the Book of Daniel picks up. God finally, you know, said, "All right, well, it's been it's been a long time. I've been warning you. So, um, in order to discipline you, to get you to turn back." To me, you're going to have to go through um, you know, some of these consequences. So yeah, they're going through some of those consequences, and that's what the people uh, of Israel then kind of just go back into this pattern over and over and over again. Um, and yeah, so that's that that Deuteronomic cycle, as it's called, you know, so common in the Old Testament, but it's so common in our Christian lives too. You know, whether it's a teenager, you know, struggling with pornography, someone having that addiction to food, you know, in a, in a small scale, joke, you know, we joke around with it. It's like, I mean, how many times, you know, it's a Wednesday and it's like, oh, I'm going to start eating better, but I'll wait till Monday. Got to start at the beginning of the week. You know, Monday comes, it's like, you just keep pushing it off and it's like, Lord, I really need help. Um, so it could be for, for any of these things. It doesn't have to just be big things. Um, it could be for, for even, you know, small things like eating or it could be big things. Um, you know, addiction is a big thing. People constantly, um, you know, going to the Lord saying, Lord, help me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to change. And then um, they end up you know, coming back to God in repentance, um, which isn't a bad thing. God's always there, always, always willing to welcome us. Um, but what that misses is the abundant life that God wants for us, that God promised us. It's that whole cycle that you see all throughout 
um, the Old Testament, and then again until 605 BC when Babylon, led by King Nebuchadnezzar, came in and uh, besieged Jerusalem um, and took all a lot of the Jews captive, including Daniel and his friends. Okay, so now we're under the rule of the Medes under King Darius. Now, how long about between chapters 8 and 9? For I can't, I, You know, I can't remember exactly how many years between chapter 8 and chapter 9. I know chapter 7 uh, was when Daniel was about, what, in his 60s. So chapter 9 is following about, you know, 20 years or so uh, after that. Yeah, so this was, and again, the visions aren't necessarily uh, consecutive because the visions fit, the visions in the second half fit um, kind of like, you know, puzzle pieces in, within the first half of the chapter. And the last time we talked about King Darius was in Daniel chapter 6 in the lion's den, and where another one of Daniel's prayers uh, was a significant part of his day. Uh, in our discussion notes, you laid out several verses of scripture that helped us to reflect on why it is important to be in the Word on a daily basis. Uh, we had Jeremiah 15.6, Matthew 4, Romans 15.4, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, and Hebrews 4.12. Um, yeah, so, you know, one of the things we were talking about was, <clears throat> you know, God speaking to Daniel um, through the Word. So, you know, what are some of the Bible verses that talk about that? You know, and just to, to name a couple of those, you know, Hebrews 4.12 um, is a you know, pretty well-known one, uh, you know, where um, the author of Hebrews is is telling us that the word of God is living. The word of God is active. Um, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Um, you know, so the idea there that God is continuing to speak through his word. Um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Um, you know, all scripture is God-breathed. It's, it's breathed out by God, the very words of God. Um, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the people of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, so, you know, those are just two of the verses that I uh, alluded to. Yeah, in Matthew 4, 4 was Jesus' reply to Satan that man shall not live by bread alone. Right. Again, stating that we're supposed to depend on more than just our basic needs in life uh, to actually survive. We need something bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Now, in verse 2 of chapter 9, uh, Daniel isn't receiving a vision from God to realize what the near future holds. He's studying the scroll uh, of Jeremiah, uh, and he's probably got an abacus in his hand as he's looking at this going, oh, wait a minute. I'm this many years old, and we've been in exile for this many years, and it's almost time. It's it, The 70 years is almost up. And so now we might expect Daniel to be jumping for joy for this realization, but that's not what we see from him as he prepares to talk to God about this. Um, our first point for this week was that God hears the honest prayers of the humble. So let's walk through how Daniel prepared to pray this prayer. You got an acrostic to help us. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So the acrostic I used on Sunday was uh, just, you know, simply pray. Um, you know, P for uh, pause, R for reflect, A for ask, Y for yield. Um, and that um, that acrostic, you know, that this isn't just, you know, something that is fitting for Daniel's prayer. Um, 
those kinds, that acrostic is, you know, just as used. You could kind of copy and paste that over uh, most prayers um, in the Bible. In fact, that that model, that, that P-R-A-Y model um, that I shared, I believe I heard that from Pete Grieg. Um, he, he's written a couple books on prayer. I've read a couple of them. Uh, Red Moon Rising is one of them. Great book. Um, but he's also written a book called, um, I think, How to Pray. Something, something pretty simple. Um, but he actually had, he formed that P-R-A-Y um, off of the Lord's Prayer. You know, so you have pray, you have um, other models. But the one that we just threw in there for Daniel was the, the, the pray. You know, so how did, how did we see Daniel pausing? Well, he paused. But the first thing he Daniel paused to do was he actually you know paused to 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 read the word he he was he was pausing to read he was pausing to um, assess everything that was going on and he was he was pausing to prepare himself and he was he paused to to praise that was because that's the very first thing that you see Daniel doing um, in his in his prayer um, he's saying oh Lord the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments you know so he's he's pausing to praise. Um, then, um, you know, he's, what is he reflecting on? Well, he starts, um, reflecting, he, he's been reflecting on the circumstances of Israel. He's been reflecting on the word of God. He's been reflecting on, um, on this, on his sin, on the sin of his people. Um, I think one of the things too, that you see when he, it says he was reading the scroll of Jeremiah, the prophet. Um, and one of the things that Jeremiah uh, says, um, from these 70 years, he says, you'll be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I'll come and do for you all the good things I promised and I'll bring you home again. This is, you know, the word, this is the word of God. Um, and then God says, you know, that famous passage, Jeremiah 29, he says, for I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans to give you a future and a hope. But then he goes on to say, he says, in those days, when you pray, I will listen. So, you know, Daniel's reading it. He's like, oh, is this are these the days? So he's reflecting on this. Are these the days? In those days when you pray, I will listen. And Daniel's probably looking around thinking, well, there aren't many of our people praying. And then he's, God says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. And Daniel's probably getting concerned. He's like, there's nobody or not many that are actually searching for God wholeheartedly. Um, so maybe I'm going to, so I'm going to go on behalf of the people and I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray in those days when you pray, I will listen. Maybe God will listen to me. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Well, I'm going to look for God wholeheartedly. Um, not only for myself, but on behalf of all of the people of Israel. Uh, so he, that's how Daniel's reflecting. And then you see throughout his whole prayer, he's asking, he's asking, um, God for forgiveness. He's asking, um, God, uh, he, he's confessing, he, he's asking, um, God to restore the people. And, and all throughout, he's going back and forth between praising God and between confessing, between praising God, between confessing, you're righteous, God, we're shameful. Um, to us belongs shame. Um, but, but you're trustworthy, you're merciful, you're forgiveness. Um, we've rebelled against you. And it's this beautiful, beautiful prayer. Um, and then the whole yield portion for the why a P-R-A-Y yield um, is that has to do with surrendering um, anything, you know, surrendering to whatever God's will is going to be um, taking the circumstance and not trying to control it, but giving it to the Lord. Um, and, and that's exactly what, what Daniel's doing. He's yielding um, to God's will. He's yielding to God's righteousness 
Um, he's yielding to God's truth. He's yielding uh, to God's holiness. Um, and and again, he he closes um, with an ask um, in verse nineteen. He's, "O Lord, hear! O Lord, forgive! O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name." Um, so that's the that's the way he closes that beautiful prayer. And. What Daniel is doing here, this is a written prayer that, that he has for us, whether or not at the time he wrote it down, but it is a written prayer. And that's one of the practical things that we can do to really help our prayer life is to have a prayer journal. He is journaling what he said in this prayer to God. And for a lot of people, that's, that's actually one of the best ways that they have, one, to be able to reflect is that they can mm. they can look back at the fruitfulness of, of that God has provided when they have yielded and waited for him to to respond in in their prayers and so there this is a, a great way for us to be able uh to to follow this example and and use that in a practical way uh, I have small children pastor can you have small children it's not easy to set time aside in, in preparation for prayer like this. Uh, I know some have a, a, a desk at a, in a closet in a spare bedroom, and they, they, they shut themselves off, but that's not what everybody can do. So we need to find something that, one, does work for us to help us to, to be able to spend those times. Uh, and, and some people are night owls. Some people stay up. Some people get up early uh, if they're a morning person. Uh, and so it doesn't matter so much how we get about to doing it, but it is important that we're praying often. And I like the illustration that you use as to being on a boat and pulling the line to the dock. Uh, prayer is the way uh, to bring ourselves into alignment with what God wants for us. It changes the perspective of verses like John sixteen twenty three. Jesus is saying, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. Now, I've asked for a lot of things, but God is not a genie in a bottle. He's not just going to give me whatever it is I want. People have abused verses like these, uh, and, and they, it can lead into a prosperity gospel. Mm. But that is not where Jesus is taking people. We see in John 17 that Jesus is praying his high priestly prayers, what it's called, in that prayer, he's not just praying for the 12 disciples around him or, or those that are immediately following. In John 17, he is praying for all. that He's praying for us. Uh, he's praying for those that God has given to him in a future perfect tense. Mm -hmm. uh, here's the verse uh, that, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. So there's there's no end to that. That there's no time limit to those that he has given to, to Jesus. And the, the whole point is that we may be one with the Father as Jesus is one with the Father. And it was through constant prayer that Jesus aligned himself with the Father. Uh, and then there's an, a, a sweet moment in Luke's recording of this, that at that time, right before the, the crucifixion, God sent an angel to strengthen Jesus after this prayer. So God can answer our prayers in amazing ways, which is what Daniel saw in the response that, that, that God had to this prayer. What did, what did God do for, for Daniel 
uh, at the end of this prayer. So, yeah, at the end of this prayer, um, Marcus, by the way, that was a good good connection with the prayer journal. Um, you know, this is a written prayer by Daniel, which means Daniel wrote this down. So I just want to, um, yeah, get back to that. If you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know where to start, you know, what Marcus suggested is a great start. You know, a little prayer journal, write prayer down, write prayer requests down, write answers to prayer down. Um, that's easy, easy place to start. Um, but yeah, so Daniel, you know, puts out this, this huge prayer. Um, and then uh, this, you know, this, uh, this honest, humble prayer. And then the rest of the chapter, you know, verses 20 to 27 is God's answer to Daniel. Um, you know, so Daniel repents, confesses. And then the second thing we see is that God responds to Daniel's repentance beyond um, what he expected. Um, and that was, you know, that's true of us as well. God responds to repentance beyond expectation. Um, you know, we go to God saying, um, you know, I'm sorry for um, A, B, and C. And God says, I forgive you. Um, here's everything you need, the whole alphabet, and then and then some. Uh, so God always uh, responds beyond um, our expectations. His God gives so much more than we ask. Um, so all of a sudden, Daniel's praying, and he says, "Well, I'm speaking and praying. I was confessing my sin, confessing the sin of Israel. Uh, I'm, I'm presenting my plea before God." And while I was speaking, the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. So um, obviously we know Gabriel's not a man. He's an angel. Um, the man Gabriel it has to do with the way he looked. He looked like a man. Um, and it's someone, it's uh, an, the angel that Daniel has seen in a previous vision. Um, but again, he's not, he's not even saying here that Gabriel came to him in a vision. Um, this is, uh, an, uh, you know, an actual um, a presentation of, of Gabriel and then goes into, um, you know, as, as he explains then what happens. This is all Gabriel explaining this. Um, so, yeah, so Gabriel basically re gets there, responds and <laughs> gives Daniel the answer to the prayer. And essentially, Gabriel tells Daniel, like, hey, the moment you started praying, I was sent to you. Um, but before I, I, I I'm going to respond to you, um, to whatever hopes you have about this 70 year exile coming to an end. Um, it's really important that you understand, Daniel, that you're greatly loved, that God loves you. You're a valuable treasure to him. What a, and what a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, so many times we go to God in prayer and, and self condemnation and, and, and guilt and shame thinking God must be so angry with me. I messed up again. I can't ever get it right. Um, you know, is he going to leave me? Sometimes people, our brains even go there. Um, and it's just so, so cool. Gabriel says, Daniel, I heard everything you said. Just know first, first off that you're greatly loved. Um, you know, for those of us who are in Christ, that's just as true. We're greatly loved. So, and then after that, um, Daniel then starts hearing this whole thing from Gabriel about these 70 years of captivity. Um, and, you know, it's as if God is saying through Gabriel, hey, you're asking about these 70 years, but I'm going to you know, give you a set of sevens that's really going to blow your mind. And that whole idea of um, God, God's capacity to give always exceeds our capacity to ask. Um, and then you get into verses 24 to 27, and that's the detailed response to Daniel about those, um, those 70 sevens. 
thank you for bringing up the the response that the Gabriel had to to Daniel. The yeah, many of us don't feel that we could be loved. Don't feel uh, that we're redeemable. Uh, they lack the understanding that uh, no one's too far gone to be saved. That repentance is not about revealing our sins to God. God already knows. Repentance is our way for us to see God take away these huge boulders of sin that we can't move. Seeing God move in our lives can help us see beyond ourselves. God revealed to Daniel that there is something better than going back to Jerusalem. God was going to make a new Jerusalem, and it was going to be restored to a sinless state. Now, one of the important aspects that, that we have to keep in mind as we approach these last verses in chapter 9 is that very, very fun saying that you had, the main thing is the plain thing, and the plain thing is the main thing. I'm glad I don't have to say that very fast. <laughs> so, how many different commentators did you read as you prepared for the sermon? So, I think I have about uh, eight or nine hard copies uh, different commentaries I read, and then I pulled up probably a, throughout the course of the week about a dozen different commentaries I have on my Lagos um, Bible software. So yeah, I, I I read quite a bit, and um, you know, and honestly, I didn't really get a whole lot further uh, from um, after I read the first couple, um, and I, and I was you know, and I was reading that just to be diligent because I know it's. It's a, you know, really, really much debated um, few verses. Uh, in fact, I love, you know, Alistair Begg um, <laughs> when before he started preaching uh, that those four verses. Now, for anybody who knows Alistair Begg, he's a he's a godly, um, Christ centered, gospel focused expositor. Um, and what he said um, of Daniel 9, 24 to 27 in, in his sermon, he, he said this, he said, in what follows, I reserve the right to change my mind later this evening and as often as necessary for the rest of my life until I finally settle the matter. What I'm about to now unfold for you will annoy some, disappoint others, confuse many, and perhaps encourage a few. <laughs> so, you know, my goal was not to annoy any, not to disappoint any, not to confuse any, um, but to encourage, because um, ultimately that's the point of those verses is God's encouragement to people, uh, to his people in exile, and ultimately God's encouragement uh, to us um, when we're falling back into that um, cycle of, of uh, God's goodness, our sin, um, our repentance, God's grace, and then kind of just repeating that cycle. Um, yeah, like... Uh, um, it was, it was Montgomery, one, one expositor, uh, he, he very colorfully said that the history of the exegesis of the 70 weeks of Daniel is the dismal swamp of Old Testament you know, criticism. So obviously there's so much difficulty, so much controversy um, in those, but it's not, you don't have to even um, get deep into the weeds of it to understand uh, what God is, is saying, because the whole purpose of it is, hey, God has a prophetic plan to bring about our salvation, and he's going to see it through. So here's what this means for us. And having grace with anybody in these matters is important because, again, we don't know for sure. These are our opinions. And to keep it PG, opinions and armpits, everybody has them, and they all stink. <laughs> 
And one of the things that Paul wrote to us to, to kind of keep us on a, a straighter path, and he, he told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations, rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things which, which make confident assertions. So Paul is saying here in this wisdom on how we should be handling prophecies that are not explained in the text. If it's, if it's not a clear definition from God himself on, on what he's seen, like we, we've seen with Daniel before and some of the other prophecies, let it go. Don't, don't make assertions and, and statements, especially statements that will question someone's standing with God. There are people that will take these kind of prophecies and say, well, you're not a Christian if you don't believe it this way. And that is a huge danger that we really can't get into. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to, uh, you know, get, get that dogmatic. Cause you're right. You know, there's a lot of dogmatism, um, with, with prophecy and there are many, um, instances in scripture where it's okay to be dogmatic because it's that you know, prophecy is clear. Um, for example, Daniel 11, which we'll see in a couple weeks, there is that is, I think, the one chapter that has the most predictive prophecy in all of the Bible. And so much of that, it was so specific um, in its prophecy and so specific in its fulfillment that it's so easy to look in hindsight to see how, uh, over the course of hundreds of years, how so many of those prophecies were fulfilled. Um, and that's and that's okay um, to, to look at some of that, uh, where it's very clear. But again, where it's not clear, it's really important. Um, to realize um, God's omniscient and all-wise. Um, he saw down the corridor of time to know that for thousands of years, um, some of his uh, sharpest and brightest won't understand this. Uh, so if it was his desire for us to perfectly understand this, he would have made it more clear. God's God, we're not. He, put, he wrote it the way he did, put it there the way he did um, for our encouragement and edification, um, and ultimately to motivate us to worship him for who he is, for his sovereignty, for him being God. Our big idea for the week was when we crawl to God begging for crumbs, he calls us to feast on the blessings of Christ. This brings to mind the parable of the prodigal son. You know, the son came home realizing his issue, his, his wrongdoings, and he was just hoping to be a servant. But the father gave him a feast. Now, here at Bayside, we've started out with some humble goals. And we, this past week, uh, marked uh, 32 years, I believe, is when uh, Bayside started in the home of a couple of, of people uh, from, from the church. And yet we've experienced huge blessings. Can, can you remind us of some of the, the previous things from the vision plan that Bayside set that, that God blessed in a huge way? Yeah, so back around 2012, I guess it was, um, 
in the either that time that previous vision process had just uh, just finished or just in the process of, of finishing. And one of the things that you know they asked then was, "What's Bayside Chapel going to look like ten years from now if we let God get a hold of the church?" And so as the staff and elders and people in the congregation started dreaming, imagining, praying, seeking God, it became clear that one of those one of those endeavors is going to be church planting because we're growing as a church and we basically have to make the decision as a church, are you going to continue to build bigger buildings and grow larger on site? Or are you going to look at where all of those people are coming from and strategically decide to plant a church in that area, one that's more essential to their community, more uh, at home to the needs of those community that those people are in. Uh, So, you know, we sense that the Lord was leading us with the latter to plant churches. So we had no idea what that was going to look like. And the Lord was very faithful in giving us the, the, you know, his feast uh, of having planted two churches, Wellspring and Tom's River and PGC, Proving Ground Church in Lakehurst. Um, And God is um, at work in both of those places. So yeah, that was, that was just one of those things from the previous vision. And so as we come to a close on our time today, next week is Daniel chapter 10, a special day for us because that is our last week with Pastor Brian as he moves to Proving Ground Church to be on their team as their campus pastor. What kind of things can we expect from Daniel chapter 10? (laughs) Daniel chapter 10 is... um... I think it's one of the coolest chapters in all of Daniel um, because I remember, oh, I, was, I think it was, oh man, it had to be like in my early 20s when I first read that this passage in Daniel 10 and I was like, wait, what? what what's going on there? And it's, just, it's such a cool thing where Daniel's uh, actually in, um, in response to, uh, you know, his repentance and everything that all of a sudden another uh, angel appears and it basically says, um, Hey, I heard your prayer from when it first went out. Um, but I was held up for 21 days for three weeks doing battle with the Prince of Persia. And it's, it's God drawing back the curtain that divides the natural visible world from the supernatural, uh, spiritual, invisible world. And that's what you see. It's like, so, so, so there is battles, there are these spiritual battles going on around us. Um, and then, so what did, what did that mean for Daniel? And ultimately, what does that, what does that mean for us? Um, how does that motivate us in our Christian walks? What does it tell us about God? Um, and what does it tell us about the spiritual realm? Um, so it's, gonna, it's a really cool chapter. So looking forward to that. Great. All right, that's going to be our time for today. Keep an eye out on the Bayside website for upcoming events and more ways to connect with us. Thank you for your time and joining our conversation. We hope you have a blessed week. Thank you.